In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Today is a great day of joy and celebration as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us have made a long journey, a long spiritual pilgrimage to arrive here today. This past week alone, we gathered outside of this church with palm crosses in hand and proclaimed Jesus as our King, singing songs and hymns telling out that joy. And as the week progressed, we delved deeper into the events surrounding Holy Week, the teaching at the temple, the banquet at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, the betrayal of Judas Iscariot, the last supper of Jesus and his disciples with the washing of feet and the giving of the new commandment, and finally, the trial, the sentencing, the crucifixion, death, and burial of Jesus. We left here on Friday night in stark silence, in a darkened nave. And now, we have come again this morning, and we have flowers, Easter lilies, on the altar, and we have hymns of gladness and joy in our hearts because Christ is risen. George Herbert, a 17th century priest and poet, expressed our joy this way. Rise, heart, thy Lord is risen. Sing his praises without delays, who takes thee by the hand, that thou likewise with him mayest rise, that as his death calcicine to thee dust, his life may make thee bold and much more just. Awake my lute and struggle with thy part with all thy heart, for the cross has taught all wood to resound his name, who bore the same, who stretched his sinews, taught all strings the keys that's best to celebrate this most high day. Consort both heart and loop, and twist a song pleasant and long. And since all music is but three parts vied and multiplied, oh, let thy blessed spirit bear a part and make up our defects with his sweet art. What does it all mean? Why do we make all these songs and this merriment? Why does this day look so different than all the other days of the year? It is because of the resurrection, the beginning of the new creation, the defeat of sin, hell, the grave, death itself. And because Jesus has been raised, has been resurrected, we know, too, that we shall be raised. We shall be, be resurrected and made like him, too. Today is the beginning of the new creation, the beginning of new life. Ancient Christians, and I'm talking about like 
from a thousand years ago, 1500 years ago, ancient Christians began to refer to this day as the eighth day of creation. And the reason is this. Genesis records God creating the earth in six days. In fact, it was on the sixth day that man and woman were created, the last of God's creative acts in Genesis 1. And God proclaimed that all he had created was not just good, but was very good. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work and blessed it as a day of rest for us as well. But then what happened? We all know the story. We call it the fall. Man and woman, Adam and Eve in the story, disobeyed God. They decided that they knew better about what their needs were than God did. They decided that their will was not in tune with God's and acted against God. A simple act of rebellion, but a rebellion still. And from that point forward, as recorded throughout the Old Testament and even the early parts of the gospel, God, acting through the prophets, acting through history, even the giving of the law, kept trying to restore us, kept attempting to show us that His way is truly the most life-giving and the most life-sustaining. God never turned his back on humanity, even though at times it may have seemed that way. And eventually we come to the story of Jesus, perfect man and perfect God, God's own best gift of himself to us. Jesus came to show us the way, to be the example for us, to show us what God expects out of each of us because Jesus was God who was pleased as man with men to dwell, as the Christmas hymn says. Jesus, our Messiah, God the Son, showed us the way to pattern our lives so that we can become more like God. And that included his self-sacrificial death the giving up of himself for us to cure us from the disease of sin and to restore not just us, but all of creation to its intended purpose. It is for that reason that Jesus was crucified on the sixth day, the same day that humanity was created, and it was on the seventh yesterday that Jesus rested in his tomb. Jesus' last words on the cross were, it is finished. The old kingdom, the kingdom of sin and death and hell, the old creation became no more because of Christ's work of redemption. And it was now complete. It was finished. And now a new work, a new creation was to be inaugurated. And so we have the eighth day. Just as Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, so we begin our morning early 
while it is still dark on the first day of the week in a garden. And notice that Mary Magdalene confuses Jesus with a gardener. Maybe that wasn't a confusion at all because she was encountering he who had created the garden. And just as creation itself began with the words, let there be light, so Christ, the word of God, ushers in this new creation in a garden in the darkness of the early morning outside of a tomb on this, the first day of the week. St. Paul, writing to the Corinthians in our reading this morning, reminds us that Jesus comes as the second Adam. Just as Adam and Eve failed to keep the commandments of God, so Jesus comes now as the second Adam, the Adam to restore all of us to God. Jesus comes to make right what had been undone by man. Jesus... Adam, as he should have been, came to our rescue, came and strived against the foe of death, strived against the foe and prevailed. And now death no longer has a hold on us. Death no longer can harm us, we who put our faith in Christ Jesus. In fact, if you read just a few more verses down in our passage, St. Paul writes in ecstatic joy, O grave, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Because Christ Jesus our Lord has given us victory. Friends, we are living in this new creation, even though it might not look like it. Just as creation evolved or devolved into a state of sin, the state that we have known, so this new creation is working to reverse all the evil, all the badness of this world. Although this work began with Jesus and his resurrection from the dead, so too it continues with us. Those of us who are baptized into his death and raised to newness of life, we who call ourselves Christians, Christ followers. Remember that today's the eighth day of creation? Well, part of the symbol that the church uses to express that hope and reality are baptismal fonts. Now, many of them are made out of wood and stone, maybe with a silver bowl or something inside of them. But if you notice them, go, go visit other churches and you will see this. If you notice them, baptismal fonts, or at least most of them, are shaped like an octagon, shaped with eight sides. And those eight sides are to remind us that we too, being baptized into his death and rising again, are now in the eighth day of creation. And we can never go back. Our font, and being that we're close to the sea, ours is a large seashell, um, our font is not just any shell. That shell has eight dimples in it, lined up like a weekly eight-day
calendar. I invite you when you come up for communion to dip your hand in. The water has been blessed and it's holy water. And you can sign yourself with the cross. But feel those dimples as a reminder that we're living today in the eighth day of creation. But because we are here, now we must carry on. And continue the work which Jesus began in his life and his ministry on this earth. We now, part of this new creation, well, we must get to work restoring this creation into the image of what God truly intended. We must all be like Mary and Mary Magdalene and proclaim, we have seen the Lord. If Christians in this world truly strived and envisioned a world of new creation, just think what that would mean. What would lives, the lives of the poor and the oppressed look like in a new creation? What would our interactions with our neighbors look like if we saw them as part of the new creation, a new beginning? What would our stewardship not only of the environment, but of all that we own, all that we possess look like if it was given and used in the service of the king who has conquered death. The new creation is here. The new creation is working its way through this world in many ways, from our food pantry to hospitals and care given to the sick by large church-sponsored hospitals, to Christians helping the victims of war and terror, particularly those in Europe, the communities and churches that are taking in the refugees of Poland, in Poland, of the Ukrainians, or it could even be the family that knows that some friends are down and out and have fallen on hard times and invite them to their home for a home-cooked and warm meal. Or it could be the person who calls someone just down the street who they happen to know are lonely. When we see the new creation and even the simple things of life, reality for us changes from the drab and grayscale life of this age into the vibrant and festive celebration of victory. Be the witness of this new creation today and every day. Yes, you won't always get it right, but we should all at least have the courage to go out anyways. Be the reality of Christ's undying love for those who do not know our blessed Lord. The Alleluia has been restored. Shout it out during these next 50 days and tell those whom you know, most especially those whom you love deeply, about what good things the Lord has done for you. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.